Okay. We are on. Let's pray, guys. Uh, Father God, I love you. Thank you for today. I thank you for loving us. I thank you for uh, just uh, everything you're doing here at HBF. It's just beautiful outside, and um, you're just uh, you're reminding us of uh, you, Lord. I, I do thank you for uh, the team from Maple City just coming down and being selfless. Uh, Lord, they're here. They're giving up of their weekend. They're giving up of their time that they could be at work uh, just providing for their families, and they're here taking care of us and our kids and uh, our church body. So I do pray that we could uh, repay them with just loving on them, uh, just uh, ministering to them as they're here. And um, Lord, I do thank you for Lee Carter and his wife and his daughter and just everybody who's going to be here speaking this week. And uh, I pray that uh, the Word of God goes forth powerful uh, and that really lives are changed. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a walking testimony of uh, what just taking a few days out of your life and hearing from you uh, just day after day can do. So, uh, Lord, I do pray that you would just get a hold of people's hearts this week and, and just really get us focused in on what you uh, want us to do with our lives and how you want them to live. So, uh, Lord, that kind of ties right into what we're talking about in Romans 12. So I do pray that as we wrap this thing up, uh, that we would just uh, take the last of these, you know, Christian principles uh, and just really apply them to our lives and uh, just get the honor and the glory for it, Lord. And I pray for James, uh, Brother James, as he's uh, uh, recovering in the hospital. I pray you just be with the, the staff as they continue to uh, dial in everything that's that's going on, that you would just uh, just make him good as new, uh, Lord. And uh, I thank you for just a wonderful uh, memorial service yesterday. Uh, I pray that we honored uh, Pastor Jim and our brother Jim well. I pray for the family as they continue to, I load life without him, Lord, and I do just uh, uh, pray you just uh, be with us this week in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so we are in Romans 12. Uh, I spent way too much time on announcements, so there's not a whole lot of recu- uh, uh, review uh, other than, you know, so Romans 12, we come out of uh, the first 11 chapters of Romans, which is basically everything that God can do for you. Now we get to Romans 12, and Paul's like, okay, so now I'm going to show you a few things that you can do for God. And he starts that chapter with uh, the, the the least you could do, right? Your reasonable service is just, you know, present your life, a, a, your body a living sacrifice. Give him everything. Okay, and then you're like, okay, well, I'll do that, but I don't know how to do that. And he's like, I don't know if I can do that. Well, then he rolls right into uh, from, uh, so Romans 12, 1 and 2, just give, give him your everything. Uh, verses 3 to 8, he talks about how uh, I know that you don't really think you can do that, so I'm going to uh, give you spiritual gifts, different uh, abilities that you didn't have before, right? And so uh, some of the spiritual gifts, you know, uh, uh, teaching and preaching and uh, edification and mercy and just all those different things. And things that, those aren't things that you can learn how to do. You can, you can try to do them, but you're not going to just be like, okay, I want to have the gift of mercy. Right? Because it doesn't work like that. And so anyway, so that's how you're able to do what he tells you to do in verse 1 and 2. I'm going to give you the ability to do things you couldn't do before. Okay? So then after that, we get into uh, the rest of the chapter, verses 9 to 21. So you're like, okay, I want you to give your life, everything you've got to Christ. Right? Everything you have. And I'm going to give you the supernatural ability to do it. Okay? So I've got the ability. Now, what does that look like? And so then he kind of goes through uh, just this kind of list of... um, of things, attributes, and these are the way that we kind of deal with our brothers and sisters in Christ. These are things inside the walls. These are good character qualities to have outside the body of Christ, but we're going to get into some of that later uh, in, in the book of Romans. So really, it gets very practical from here. Like, the book of Romans is very practical from here on out. Like, it, we're going to answer so many questions that just the normal average Christian has about, but what about that, right? And so from here on out in Romans, we really talk about that. But we're going to wrap up this list of what 
what it looks like to deal with people in the body of Christ, right? And so let's just pick up in verse 9. I want to read through the rest of this, and then uh, I know we've talked about a lot of this, and then we're going to... Um, we're going to talk about something today that most people don't want to talk about. But, you know, that's what we do here. So, uh, yeah. Uh, verse 9, Romans 12, verse 9. Says, so he says, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another and brotherly love. Uh, in honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing instant in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of the saints. Given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend uh, uh, to men of low estate. Uh, uh, be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Verse 18, this is where we kind of were leaving off last week. If it be possible... As much as life, and you live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hungry, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So, it kind of gives you this list. And it's a lot of things, right? If you can figure out this list, man, you're going to be like... You're going to be like the Apostle Paul, right? I mean, so there's a lot of stuff here. And so we've kind of been going through it. So there's all these different things. But we kind of left off uh, in Romans uh, 12, 18. He says, if it be possible, which that would mean that there's a chance that it might not be possible, right? It doesn't just say do this. He says, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, like it's going to take a lot sometimes, live peaceably with all men. Like, I hope your marriage relationship isn't like that, where it's like, if it be possible, Right? But and I'm not even talking about your marriage, but I'm talking about like sometimes there's brothers, sisters in Christ that it's like it takes everything in me to live peaceably with all men, right? That's what he's talking about. You can't all the time just avoid confrontation, right? And I talked about this a little bit as we were finishing up uh, two weeks ago. Like I don't like confrontation. That's just not me. I'm not a confrontational kind of guy. I'm, I've never been a fighter. Right, uh, I just I've never been that kind of guy. Like some people are just like I'm a fighter, right? Uh, I'm I'm just not that guy, right? I, I would avoid confrontation, uh, you know, and that's just how I have always been in my life. But sometimes, you know, you push hard enough, and you're gonna you're gonna get a fight, right? If it be possible, you know, you, you're only going to take take it so many times before it's like okay, this isn't gonna happen anymore. So, you know, but some people they always want to have a fight started. You never know somebody like that. Which is like, it does not matter. They just always want to have, you know, the, the more they, I don't even, what? I missed something. Somebody's laughing. What? I don't even know. Because, I think in your old son, I don't know if his skin broke, but he's got laser eyes. What? Me? Oh, I don't even, anyway. So, I missed something, and that's okay. You know, the, the more you seek peace, the harder they try to fight, Right? And if it were up to me, like I said, there wouldn't be anything, but sometimes it's not possible. You know why? Because there are two wills involved. Just because my will says I don't want to fight, it doesn't matter. If the other person wants it bad enough, it's going to happen, right? I can say I don't want to argue, I don't want to argue, I don't want to argue. Well, guess what? At some point, like, I guess it's not an argument if I don't say anything, but somebody's still angry here, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Just make sure on your end that peace could have been available at any time, Right? You ever get in a, a spat with your spouse? You ever get in a spat with somebody in the body of Christ? Make sure that it, at any point, peace could have happened because of you, right? You can't control what they do, but peace could have happened, right? Never let it be said that because of you there was no peace. Because sometimes, 
Sometimes peace is not possible. It's just the way it is. Sometimes it's not possible. Right? So this is one of those commandments, and I said this last week when we were trying to finish up, and I wanted to be able to explain this. This is why I circled back to hit this, because like, this is one of those things I know like, perked my wife's interest, because she's like, that doesn't sound right. Uh, this is one of those commandments where your obedience is sometimes determined by your circumstances. That's opposite of what we normally teach, right? Uh, that your obedience is determined by your circumstances. Now, what do I mean by that? I'm not saying that your obedience to uh, what God has always told you depends on your circumstances. That's not it at all. What I'm saying is this one simple commandment your ability to obey it depends on your circumstance. It says, if it be possible. Sometimes it's not possible, right? Sometimes it's not possible to live peaceably with somebody who will not live peaceably with you. You understand what I'm saying? Now, you can do everything that you can do in it, but your obedience to this one simple command, it doesn't mean all of God's commands are dependent on circumstances. This one, and that's why he prefaces it with, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. That's what he's saying. So this one commandment. You know, sometimes the things necessary to obey this command are out of your control. I can't control what somebody else is going to say or somebody else is going to do. Right? I can tell somebody, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. At some point, like when their fist hits my face, like, like there's a fight happening. And like, even if I don't want it, like I tried everything I could do, you know, praise the Lord. I've, I'm, well, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Mark 9.50, he says, Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. Just like it takes two to fight, it takes two to have peace. So maybe the other person doesn't want to keep you know, the salt themselves, but all you can do is shake the salt on them, right? You're supposed to be salty for God, and that's how it works. You keep it you're into the deal, but if, if the other party won't, you know, then all you can do is live by the Word of God. You can't make somebody else live by the Word of God for them, right? And here's where I left off last week, and this is kind of what you need to know about this point and I want to move forward because there's something I want to talk about today. And it's just, uh, you're only responsible for who? You know? And at the end of the day, even with your kids, like as my kids get older, I realize I can only be as responsible as I can be and they get to make their own decisions at some point. You are only responsible for you. And what that means is you don't need to be held hostage by somebody else's disobedience. You don't need to be held hostage by somebody else's disobedience. Well, I'm in the ministry with them. I'm telling you, it... If, if they're just completely disobeying the Word of God, well, I'm married to them. Well, I'm telling you, like, ladies, there are things in the Word where it says, you know, yeah, you're supposed to submit to your husband, but if you're out there doing something you know you ought not be doing, like, don't be held hostage by somebody else's disobedience. Does that make sense? Right? And so we're going to get into some of the details of what that looks like the rest of the way through Romans. So if you're like, well, I have a situation, I, I promise we're probably going to get to it. Because <laughs> Paul really dives into some stuff. You can't control anybody else, right? That's just the way it works. So, then he rolls into verse 19. And he kind of starts getting into something that's going to... Well, we'll see. He says, Dearly beloved... He's like, okay, we need to talk about this. Avenge not yourselves. What does that mean? Revenge is not yours, right? This is why you can be motivated to recompense no man for evil. You know, when we're dealing with responsibilities here, this is our responsibility to the body of Christ, right? You know, He gives you spiritual gifts in verses 6 to 8, right? So some of these things, you know, are your job, and some things aren't your job. Your job, if you're a teacher, is to teach the Word of God. Your job, if you're somebody who's got the gift of uh, administration, right, is, is to do those kinds of things. Not everything is your job, right? You have to understand that. Avenge not yourselves. Uh, it's your job to live peaceably with all men. Right? That is your job. 
But it's not your job to force your brother to live peaceably with you. Does that make sense? Some things are your job, some things aren't. It is your job to live peaceably with all men. It's your job to live peaceably with your spouse. It's not your job to tell your spouse everything they're doing wrong so that they will live peaceably with you. Or, and I'm using a marriage relationship because that's the most practical, but the same thing, like in the ministry, in the body of Christ, it's my job to live peaceably with all of you. It's not my job to tell you all what you're doing wrong so that you can in turn learn to live peaceably with me. It doesn't work like that. The Word of God is here for that. Right? There are things that are your job. There are things that aren't your job. It's never your job to repay evil. So what do you do? Well, it goes on to tell you in verse 19, but rather give place unto wrath. What does that mean? Well, we're really going to talk about this for a minute. Give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Here's what you've got to do. You've got to move out of the way so wrath can pass you by, and it won't take you out while you're trying to get revenge. Right? It just says that wrath is coming. If somebody's doing wrong, wrath is coming. I promise. God might be long-suffering for a while with people. Wrath is coming if they're going to continue to live in disobedience. Don't try to get in the way of that because if you're in the way trying to get your own revenge, the wrath's coming on you too. You've got to get out of the way. Right? You've got to get out of the way. Step out of the path. Change lanes. Right? Move out of the way. Why? Because the only person who ever has the right to be angry, and that's what we're going to talk about today, is God. The only person who ever has the right to be angry is God. So whenever you get angry apart from His command, you've usurped the authority of God. Anytime that you're angry apart from biblical anger, you have now said, I'm God here. Right? People don't think about it like that. You're taking the place of God. You're acting like God. No man can do that and get away with it. Right? So we're going we're gonna to stop here for a second. We're just talking about anger. Right? Everybody loves talking about anger, right? right? Have you ever heard, I'm just an angry person, right? My, I love my mom to death, so don't, don't take me wrong. I absolutely love my mother, right? I, I love my mother. She has this idea in her head that I'm an angry person because, you know, I just get mad. That's just how I am, right? My dad was that way. My brother's that way. I'm just that way. I'm like, all right. I, I grew up with that. Like, I just knew that, okay, mom's just an angry person sometimes, right? You never know. You just don't ever know. And so... Some of us have this deluded idea that we were just born angry, right? That we were just born angry. We, we grew up with a temper. It's not my fault. It's just how it is, right? It's simply part of my personality. Or even better, it's my parents' fault. I inherited it, right? I just I get it naturally. How many times have you heard that? I get it naturally. <laughs> I, want, I, I didn't say that. I want you to know every time you say that, you're a liar. Every time that you say, it's just the way I am. Right? Okay, you got sin. But we all, I'm just telling you, like every time we say that, you're like, God, and here's why. God says it is possible for you to stand out of the way of wrath. He says that it is possible for you to get out of the way. The Bible tells us that every time you lose your temper without a cause, by that I mean without a just cause. By that I mean it wasn't righteous indignation. By that I mean it wasn't getting angry uh, because of something God's Word tells you to be angry by. But instead you just simply lost control of your emotions. Oh, there I just said something, right? You just, the Bible says that every time that happens, it's because you made a choice and you made a choice not to get out of the way of wrath. Right? And, and I get it. That, what do I do? Well, we're going to talk about it. Let me use an example, Right? Some of you like, well, not very many of you probably. I really like baseball. Right? I grew up, I grew up 
like I played baseball year round for several years of my life, like fall ball, summer ball, winter ball. That's what we did, right? And so when a pitcher throws a ball, right, at my body, I have a choice to make, right? Right? And so depending on where it's going to hit me, right, I'm going to let it hit me because, you know, a walk's as good as a run in baseball. That's just how it works. But if the ball's coming to my head, like, uh, stop that. All of a sudden, I have a choice to make. I need to get out of the way of wrath. Right? Does that make sense? It's awfully hard for an umpire to tell me that I made an attempt to move. But, you know, if the ball's going to do me some damage, then my brain tells me that I better move. It's a conscience effort on my part. The, go- the ball is coming for my place, so I've got to give up my place for the ball or something's going to happen. It's going to hurt. Does that make sense? Let me use another example. Some of you might track this in a little better. better. It's like the story of the old, the old Quaker, right? Uh, he was always taught to be a pacifist and never take somebody's life. You don't want to do that. So somebody broke into this guy's house. He gets his shotgun out, and he says to the guy, Sir, I mean you no harm, but I'm about to shoot where you're standing. <laughs> Under those circumstances, you might want to make haste and give place to the buckshot, right? Wrath is coming. I better get out of the way or something's going to happen. Does that make sense? It's kind of a way to think about it. I, I, imagine, like a, I imagine like a dining room table of your emotions and you're setting a place, like a place set for wrath. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When something happens to make you angry, you've got two choices. You can either refuse to take the reins and let your emotions control you, or you can obey the Bible, reel in your emotions, take hold of the reins, move out of the way, and let the tiger of anger pass you by. It takes a conscious choice on your part to do it. Deuteronomy 32.35 says, To me belong with vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall uh, slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them uh, make haste. Proverbs 20.22 20, 20, Say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord, and he shall save thee. You want to get mad? You want to get irritated? You want to get angry? Wait on the Lord, and he shall save thee. There are some things that God allows you to do on His behalf, right? To serve, to do different things, right? Taking revenge is not one of them, so stop trying, right? There are some things you're allowed to do on God's behalf. This is not one of them. Anger, so here, because here I know this is what you're thinking, right? Well, anger is an emotion, right? Okay, so anger is not sinful in itself. So don't think that just because, anger is something that God created. Anger is an emotion. It is an emotion, Right? that God designed for you to have whenever you're in a threatening circumstance. Right? The purpose of anger is to motivate physical energy to tear something apart. The problem is we try to tear people apart with it. Right? Anger is something that God created for you to, to motivate you to tear something apart. It just doesn't have to be people. Psalm 711, uh, God judges the righteous uh, and God is angry with the wicked every day. Uh, Mark 3, 5, and when he had uh, looked round about on them, uh, being grieved uh, for their hardening their hearts. Think about in John where Jesus goes in and he's all hacked off because they're in there selling uh, all the stuff in the temple, right? Uh, I think he was angry. He's in there flipping the tables over. He's, I mean, he's honked off, right? I stole that from Brian. I like, I, there's other things we could say, but Brian Hedges just says he's honked off. So I'm like, okay, I can say that. Yeah, he's honked off, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, you ain't lying. The word zeal, when it says Jesus had zeal when he did that, that word zeal is translated indignation. So even though anger may not always be sinful, 
its expression often is. So here, I'm going to make this very practical in the next 15 minutes. That clock's a minute fast, so I'm telling you. Okay. When is anger sinful? Ephesians 4.26 says, Be ye angry. So you're like, wait a minute. You said don't be angry. But it says, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Okay? So there's a lot we can take from that. You know, if you're having a spat with your wife, at some point, you know, maybe you don't come to an agreement, but don't go to bed angry. Right? So that's one thing. So here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you three times that let you know when anger is actually sinful. Right? Because anger is a natural thing, right? I get mad sometimes. I, I, I'm still recovering like three months ago. I hit my finger and I hit it. I mean, I, I smashed it. And it was, I smashed it really good between a five-pound sledgehammer uh, and the rear differential of my truck. And it was, it was hardcore, right? I was angry, right? And, but you, what do you do? Like, am I throwing stuff? I wanted to, but I didn't, right? So there's things that happen. Three things that you need to know. This is when, when anger is sinful, when it grows out of pride, and I'm going to give you kind of some examples of this, right? But anyway, when it grows out of pride, when it stems from your emotions or hurt feelings, when it grows from your emotions, or when it's shown by a sinful action, that's generally like the action that comes with it, right? It's caused you to sin. When it grows out of pride, when it stems from emotion, or when it's shown by a sinful action. And then to go with this, what are the two expressions that you see out of anger? You see two things out of people, one or the other. They either do what or what? Huh? Yeah, they either blow up or they clam up, right? There's either ventilation where they blow up. In this case, energy is wasted. And I'll, I'll go back and circle back around to the other ones. But anyway, to tear something up but the problem is it's people you're tearing it's vengeance you're taking vengeance in the place of God biblically there's three aspects to sinful ventilation or blowing up it's anger pride and emotion right so a fool uttereth is all his mind but a wise man keepeth it till afterwards that's the pride aspect right fool's going to tell you all of his mind and why he's the best and why he's this and that and the other and if you try to tell him he's not then there's an argument Right? It's pride. Proverbs twenty five twenty eight. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down without walls. That's the emotion part. When you have no control over your emotions of what's going on inside, right? It blows up. Right? You know somebody that just like it just takes like a, a it's just like a trigger. And it's like they can't even control it sometimes. And it's like it's because honestly at the end of the day, at least at that point, they didn't have control over their emotion. Right? And it Ephesians 4.31 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. That's the action part, right? All the bad things that come with it. right? So those are the, the sinful actions that come with it. So you either blow up, right? When we think of anger, that's what we think, right? Well, it's the person who's yelling and screaming and throwing things and, you know, that's an angry person. Okay, you're right. But I also want to show you the other side of this thing because there's another kind of anger, right? And it's, it's not, what was the first word? Uh, ventilation. It's internalization. It's clamming up. So you either blow up or you clam up. Right? In this case, the energy is not wasted to tear somebody else up. You know what it's wasted doing? Tearing your, you're tearing yourself up. You're like, just it's eating at you. You want to get at this person so bad, but you just won't do it. You know what? Because I'm going to take the higher road, but what you're doing is you're tearing yourself up inside instead. Instead of blowing up, you're clamming up. 
The Bible has a word for this. It's called bitterness. Right? And if you want to know anything about bitterness, go back, because I don't have time to talk about it. Go back. I preached about a month ago. You ought to go back and listen to that because we talked about a whole lot of bitterness, right, with the prodigal son. So I ain't got time, but I promise if you go back and listen to that, it's good. Yeah, I, I heard that analogy from somebody that lives with me, and so I may have stolen it. But, you know, yeah, it's, you ain't got a root of bitterness, man. You got a tree, and it's like growing out your ears. That's how bad it is, right? I'm like, that's really good. I'm going to use that. We got home that day, and she's like, hey, where'd you get that analogy at? I don't know. <laughs> the Spirit of God. <laughs> were one flesh. Leviticus 19, 17 and 18. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt not in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and shalt not suffer sin upon him. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. You have no option to internalize the anger you feel from another person. Whenever you do, you're directly disobeying God's command. You might be like, well, at least I'm not blowing up on them. It's, you, you might as well. I mean, it's no different. What you're doing is no better than what they're doing. You haven't stepped out of the way of wrath. You've just inherited the wrath. Right? Why is a blow-up always married to a clam-up? Yeah, well, for real. <laughs> I mean, we don't know. I'm just telling you. <laughs> so what's the... You might be like, so what do I do? Anger happens, right? There are things that happen in our life that make, make us angry. It's an emotion, right? So what do we do? I'm not supposed to blow up. I'm not supposed to clam up. Let me tell you. Anger is not sinful as long as the mind is under control of the spirit and it has the focus of tearing up the problem while at the same time building up the people. Right? So I'm not supposed to blow up and I'm not supposed to clam up. What am I supposed to do? Well, you know you've got this energy of anger. Use that to tear up the problem and build up the people. So next time that you and your, you and your spouse are at it, Right? I get it. It's hard sometimes. Like, you want to say things you shouldn't. You feel things you shouldn't. You know it's all emotion. Use that emotion. Use that anger to tear up the problem and work together at it and build up the people while you're doing it. Right? That, that is how you do this. And I understand. Like, anger doesn't go away in a day. Anger doesn't, like, just... But it's all a conscious choice. And I know sometimes it's a conscious choice, like, <clears throat> ten times every hour. Like, I get that. I understand what that's like. But it is a choice. In other words, the only time anger is not sinful is when it contributes to your ministry because you're responding according to what the Word of God says to do. So I'm going to give you some references. I'm not going to read them because I don't have time. Proverbs 14.17 Proverbs 14.29 Proverbs 19.11 Proverbs 20 verse 3 I'll read this one, James 1, 19 and 20. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh righteousness of God. If you don't get out of anger's way, it's going to push you into taking revenge for yourself. You've got to get out of the way. Give place unto wrath. That's what that's talking about. You've got to give place unto wrath. So here's how you do it. Back on track now. So we just took a little hiatus. We talked about anger. Okay, so now we're back on track because I told you we were going to get done. Verse 20. Therefore, so now that we talked about all that, therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. Wives, sometimes your husband's your enemy. You know what he needs? <laughs> <laughs> Not <be> angry. <laughs> I'm just telling you, sometimes 
I skip lunch. I come home. And it's just like, I just need some food, right? If thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt reap coals of fire on his head. You know what you want to do when you're angry at somebody? You want to let them have it. You want to let them know what you think. You want to let them know how you feel, whether it's physically, uh, verbally, whatever. You want to know what you should do? Man, you ought to love them as much as you're really mad at them. Because, yeah, you do it with, because you know what it does? Like, if you're in a spat with your spouse, right? Or whatever, with your brother in Christ or whoever, and it's like, you guys are at each other, and then, you know what, you just, you just decide, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get placed under wrath, and I'm just going to love this person as much as I really want to. So, you're at it, and all you're doing, all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what, babe? I'm, what do you need? What can I do for you? What can I do? And all this, and like, they might want to be mad, but how do you be mad at that? You're like, well, now I, it just doesn't work like that. That's how you do that. And I know it's hard. It sucks sometimes. I shouldn't say that, but it, it, it's hard. But that's how you do it. That's when you use the energy produced by anger to do ministry, right? Do something for God. Proverbs 25, 21, and 22. This is funny because this is the exact same verse we just read in a different part of the Bible. It says, If I enemy hunger, give him bread to eat. If he be thirsty, give him water to drink. For thou shalt reap coals of fire upon his head. The only thing that's different in Proverbs as to what is here is it says, And the Lord shall reward thee. You're heaping. Okay, it's... Okay. Yeah, that's what, sorry. Yeah. Heaping, yeah. It's in italics and it looks funny. Anyway, but... The point there is, in Proverbs, it adds something to it. It says, the Lord will repay thee, reward thee. Right? You do the right thing, then God will take care of it. Even if they don't repay you, God will. And doing that and taking those steps, you like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to call a timeout. You call a timeout for yourself so you don't do anything rash and break the rules. And here's the other thing. If you take out your own wrath, here's something to know. You've taken out God's wrath. If you do it yourself, that means God can't do it now. Right? You've done it for Him. And I promise He would have done it better. I'm just saying. Like You might be like, well, I really want to give Him peace of mind. I'm just telling you, if you do it, God would have done it better. Don't take out your own vengeance. You've just eliminated God's vengeance when you do that. It's always better if you respond calmly and let God do the dirty work. Your wrath only fires up more conflict, but God, God's wrath puts a halt to the whole episode. So, some of you might be thinking, like, so there's some legal questions that go with this. Like, how long do I just turn the other cheek, right? How long do I, you know, some of you might know some situations like, okay, how long is a wife supposed to let her husband beat her, right? Or, or you know, anything like that. Like, I get it, you know. Because sometimes guys will preach this and they'll be like, yeah, this is what it says. Okay, we're going to get into that in the next chapter, right? And we're going to really deal with that. So I'm not going to take a whole lot of time right now. We will talk about all of those things. I promise the rest of Romans is very practical for your life. Not that that's going on in here, but I just meant in general. So, you know, when we talk about, you know, what about legal stuff? Okay, so how far do you let your enemy go in taking advantage of you? Don't fill him up with guilt. Instead, uh, if, if but instead it fills him uh, with maliciousness that will... Use even your good response against you, right? So we're going to talk about that next week. Sorry, I already said that. So verse 21, we'll be done. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. 
conquer wickedness with the tool of doing the right thing, with right actions. When somebody makes you mad and you tear them up, you lose. You ever felt that way? You ever like been in a spot where you like you knew you did it wrong? And it's like, yeah, I, I didn't do that right, and all I did was make this worse. Like You don't ever feel better after you just let somebody have it. Like, at the end, you're just like, man, that just made everything worse. Okay, That's the point. When you tear them up, you lose. You're overcome by a feeling. You're overrun by an emotion. You fail to control. Instead, you've got to use the energy produced by anger to produce good. And then God's going to reward both you and them. He'll reward you for ministry and recompense them for evil. Right? Rewards come in a lot of different shapes and sizes. You know, you're going to get... We used to tell our kids when they were little, right? You, you get to choose, but you know, there's, a, there's a reward that comes with it, right? You get rewarded with something good or you get rewarded with something bad. It's still a reward. It's a consequence, whatever. If a person's saved, they're going to be judged by the Lord for the way that they treated you. Since two wrongs don't make a right, make sure that you're not judged for the way that you responded. Things are going to happen in life that offend you, that do different things. Like the Word of God tells us how to deal with that. It's not to get angry. It's not to blow up. It's not to... I'm telling you, I, people deal with this. And it can be overcome through Christ. Galatians 6.10 and we'll be done. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Right? Why is it that the people we want to tear up the most are the people that are closest to us? The relationships we screw up the most are the ones inside the body of Christ. Right? we got to quit doing that. That's what Paul's trying to say. Right? And so I'm not going to get on anybody's case because, hey, I'm preaching to myself. But that's kind of how he wraps this up. He's like, hey, in, ver- in, in Romans 12, he's like, I just want you to give everything you've got to God. Right? And I know that you struggle with doing that, so I'm going to give you some extra ability to do that. Right? And now that you've got this extra ability, here's what you need to do inside the body of Christ. Here's what your relationship should look like. Right? Okay, so then we're going to jump into Romans 13, and we're going to get into some other practical stuff, right? Some authority issues, right? Some more things that nobody wants to talk about, right? But there's a lot of good stuff from here to the end of the book of Romans. So I promise you're going to keep picking some stuff up. So let's pray. We'll get out of here. If you got any questions, let me know. Uh, but let's roll. Make time to be here this week. I promise it will be worth whatever you're sacrificing. Father God, I love you. I thank you for today. Thank you for just uh, uh, loving us, Lord. I thank you for Jesus and uh, just the power that he has in our life. I do just thank you for the Word of God and allowing it to uh, indwell us uh, if we choose to be in it, Lord. And I thank you for the Spirit that allows us to make the right choice. And uh, Lord, I do know that some of us do struggle with uh, anger at times. And I do pray that you know we would just uh, step out of the way and let you take care of it, Lord, and we wouldn't be caught up in the, the tidal wave of wrath that comes with it. So, uh, Lord, I do pray that these things just uh, resonate in our heart. I pray for uh, just the conference this week. There's a lot of things that go into it. I pray that we don't become weary and well-doing, Lord, but I do pray you get the honor and the glory. I pray the lives are changed this week and that uh, we just uh, have people that are ready to uh, just give everything for you, uh, whatever that means. So, God, I pray you just speak to us this morning. Uh, just bless your word in Christ's name. Amen.